This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not, it works. No, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking, when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the, the figurative you. Right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh, oh no. All right. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows so you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash Media and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Chops. A vast. Oh no. Oh, we've been boarded by pirates. Arr, it, it's, Arr. A, it's a darn crying shame. Swabby chops. Swabby, swabby chops. Is that like a like what Q-tips were back in the day? Swabby chops. <laughs> I think they were actually. I think uh, I think when pirates had to clear, like a pirate would be like, "Would you call me mum?" And they'd be like, "No, no, Captain, uh, put a put a swabby chops in your ear. Uh, give it a give it a good." Uh, oh, don't tell me what to do, son. <laughs> and then they will box them. your face in. <laughs> Do pirates box people's faces? I mean, I thought boxing was like a term that's like English and foreign. I don't know. <laughs> Exotic. Here's, here's, here's my 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 uh, what is it? Insensitivity comes out in this in this episode, I guess, to foreign things. Uh, being a man of Middle Eastern descent, I'm allowed to do that though. So, well, you get a free pass. I I don't. Yep. Uh, but uh, I I don't know if our listeners know this, but uh, Chops, when we're not recording Legend of Retro, really really hates. On pirates. No, that's not true. From the 1600s. No. All he does is just like those miserable, drunken sailors. And no. I'm like, Shops, you got to stop drinking. I hate them because I want to be them. <laughs> so I hate them because I ain't them. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty true. fair. That's true. So, me, me and Deadite really want to be pirates. Just you don't that. think you're the only ones? I mean, everybody out, outward, wants to be outward, a pirate. Outwardly, I think we're the obvious ones. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I think everyone, at least internally, wants to be a little bit of a pirate. I don't know. I don't know. And if you're, if you, if you honestly like, if you think to yourself, I don't want to go sailing around with my friends and steal stuff from other people and fight things. Speaking of sailing around things, we're sailing around what this episode is about. <laughs> This week's episode is, of course, about pirates' gold. You said it wrong. It's pirates' gold. Pirates' <laughs> gold. Because there's an exclamation point after pirates. Yes, but no punctuation after gold. Nope. It's just it's technically the gold version of the game, which oh, we'll get to. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but this game I just was released. They were excited about pirates. Well, I mean, aren't we all? Released on the Sega Genesis in 1993, this simulation game puts you in the role of a pirate around the golden age of piracy, representing uh, one of many nations in the uh, Caribbean. Golden age of piracy uh, approximately began in around 1650 into 1680. 
Those By the way, the golden age. That was a golden, golden age. By the way, mm-hmm. um, I just want to level set with our listeners. This show will primarily be information by Craig on the game, and then py- <laughs> <laughs> primarily information about pirates from me. So the golden age of piracy is common designation is, uh, is given usually to one or more outbursts of piracy in the maritime history of the early modern period. In its broadest accepted definition, mm-hmm. the golden age of piracy spans the 1650s to the late 1720s and covers three separate outbursts of piracy. So I was wrong earlier by saying 1650s. Oh, I see. But that's just the first section of it. No, uh, Chops, uh, normally uh, when we're recording episodes, we, yes. we keep each other on track. You know, yeah. we, we get back to the game as soon as we can. You know, one person will catch the other. That's not going to happen. No, I have bad uh, news for our listeners. Yeah. I really, really like piracy. And uh, I endorse it. I really appreciate it. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, I want to know more about pirates. And it's been a long time since I've read any books on pirates. I have read some books on piracy. I don't blame you. And uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Would you like me to tell you what the three outbursts of piracy in the Golden Age were? If I wanted to keep us on track in this episode, I, I'm you know we wouldn't be able to. But I don't care. Tell me about it, Chops. The buccaneering period of approximately 1650 to 1680, characterized by Anglo-French seamen based on Jamaica and Tortuga attacking Spanish colonies and shipping in the Caribbean and Eastern Pacific. It's the first chunk. The pirate round of the 1690s, associated with long-distance voyages from the Americas to rob Muslim and East India Company targets in the Indian Ocean and Red Sea. And then the last piece of outbursts of piracy, which I will now call uh, when I'm angry, it's going to be called outbursts of piracy, um, Uh is the post-Spanish succession period extending from 1716 to 1726 when Anglo-American sailors and privateers left unemployed by the end of the war of the Spanish succession turned en masse to piracy in the Caribbean the North American Eastern Seaboard, the West African Coast, and the Indian Ocean. You know, it's interesting, uh, not only in general, I mean, because piracy in in general is just really interesting, but in this game, uh, they actually do a really good job of of kind of encapsulating the history of piracy, because uh, uh, you actually get to choose what era you play. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, The one I think I saw was in the buccaneering period. Um, and it primarily consisted with like some French and Spanish kind of interactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, so the uh, the options that you get to choose, and apparently it's it's almost like a difficulty setting because like if you choose the first one, thinking like, well, it's the first, it's the easiest. It's actually one of the harder ones because. Sp- Spain is in absolute control of the region. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, in the 50, uh, it starts in the 1560s. Uh, the Silver Empire is when Spain just totally dominated the the Caribbean at the time. Back in history, uh, you also can uh, choose between like uh, the uh, 1600 uh, merchants and smugglers uh, is what that uh, uh, selection is called. Spain is still pretty much top dog, uh, but I believe at this point Holland has also uh, appeared. Uh, Holland? Oh, it's from Holland, y'all. I don't know what that's all. I don't Holland-ish. know. Hollandaise. Dutch. <laughs> Hollandaise. Hollandaise. Hate you. <laughs> hate you tons, chops. So, anywho, I. Uh, you also have uh, the new colonists uh, selection, which is when Spain is starting to kind of you know weaken. Sixteen forty is a war for profit. Spain is just now starting to fall apart. 
Uh, and then 1660 and 1680 is when piracy starts really ramping up, and uh, uh, they call the uh, 1660 the Buccaneer Heroes. And then 1680, uh, they refer to in this game as the Pirate Sunset, oh, which I thought was kind of... That's a little pretty. Too yeah, pretty right? for me. I mean, like if you think about it, the Golden Age was only, what, 70 years? That's a long time. It's so, a person's so, so life. So personally right now, 70 years, that would be... I'm just going to say, like, from the 80s, you're thinking, like, hair hair rock mm-hmm. to currently, which is, like, trap music or, uh, like, electric punk or pop mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but it's it, but if you push back even further, then you're, it, like, we can imagine the last 70 years. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we replaced the last 70 years with the golden age of piracy? I, I think it would be a lot more exciting. Absolutely. I probably would be dead. I mean, odds are you'd have died of scurvy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but well, it, here's a question. It would be do really you, interesting. Do you really like citrus fruit? Yeah, I do. Maybe you'd be okay. I am Middle Eastern, so maybe I would be born in the, in the Middle East. Oh, man. I uh, I mean, I, I don't want to think of us being on opposite sides, Chops. But oh, where would you be? Well, I, I, my ancestry is uh, split. Uh, I have, I'm kind of a mutt. I'm a uh, quarter Norwegian and a quarter Greek. So even if we just take Norwegian, I'd be a Viking. You in this era with it? Was there no? I don't know. I don't think there. I don't think there would be Vikings. No. <laughs> but you know what? I'd still have a battle axe I mean, and be on a cool dragon ship. I mean, I'm half Lebanese, so uh, the other half is German. Oh, so I mean, in some way, shape, or form, I'd, th- I'd probably be around over. We'd there be in on Europe. the same crew. We'd be fine. We'd, We'd would be have best met. friends. Yeah, we would co-own a pirate ship. <laughs> that our crew would mutiny on and us. It would be called the SS Friendship. Friend. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. <laughs> After that note, so uh, I did want to uh, uh, talk about the the kind of the creation of this game uh, because technically this is based upon a game by Sid Meier. Who made Civilization? I was wondering that because because he's very heavy into historical games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sid Meier uh, made a game called Pirates with an exclamation point at the yes. end of it uh, back in 1987 on the Commodore 64. Wow, that's what six years prior. Yeah, it was quite a while because uh, you had uh, yeah, it was about six years. the The definitive version is uh, Pirates Gold. Which is hence why it's just sort of mm-hmm. gold is slapped on the end of it, and uh, uh, the version I always played when I was growing up was the Sega Genesis version. Right, I never had a, a fancy gaming PC because I'm pretty sure Pirates Gold also was available on like uh, MS DOS and stuff. Or, yeah, yeah. MS DOS. I think Windows was out in '93. Oh, uh, it probably would have been. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was Windows back then. Uh, it could have been MS DOS. Yeah, who knows? Whatever. Uh, but I, uh, uh, yeah, I actually played this game a lot. I rented it almost every chance I got. For a long stretch of time, I really, really enjoyed the the gameplay uh, because, which we haven't really chatted much about. Uh, you pretty much start the game, mm-hmm. and uh, the game is like, "Hey, listen, uh, your captain uh, is going to totally kill you. What are you going to do about it?" And so you get to it throws you right into it. Uh huh. And so you get a sword fight right off the bat, and uh, which is fun because you you get to choose uh, right off the bat whether you're uh, going to be fighting with a cutlass which is uh, larger, slower, heavier. Uh, you have a rapier, which has a uh, decent length, but it's not very powerful, but it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, the long sword is the mid-range one. And then rapier has decent range, and it's 
not very strong attacks. Mm-hmm. But the name of the game, honestly, is pure speed. It is. Yeah, you, you want to use a rapier because you want to get your quick hits in. Yep. And as long as you keep that momentum going, you're pretty much going to beat you, whoever you want. If you do the slow swing with the cutlass, it is so sluggish. Yeah. You, you're you're insane to use the cutlass. Like, unless you're a real pro, I can't imagine using it. And I think you have a scimitar choice in there as well, but I can't remember. I feel like it's just the, is it three. Just the three. Though a scimitar is very similar to a cutlass. Yeah. It's a rounded blade. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you get to do that, and you defeat him, hopefully, or you die, and then the game is over. And then you have to start again. And then you have to start again. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, you... Uh, uh, you defeat that him, and you become the new captain. And so your crew is like, listen, you better keep us well-fed, or we're going to mutiny and throw you overboard. And Basically. Uh, it it's almost reveals itself that uh, the captain is sort of prisoner on his own ship, forced to take care of these miserable scallywags. Yeah, keep the crew happy, which is yep. totally not pirate-like. Well, I mean, you, you need a crew to attack people, so yeah, it but, kind of is. But you keep them happy in fear. Yeah, okay, fair enough, yeah. But so you you sail around on a ship, you have mm-hmm. a map uh, that you can look at, you can like uh you, it's basically an overhead view. Honestly, take a take a look at a sim like a sim city map. It looks similar water. to that. It looks very similar to that. Yeah. You have continents that you can sail to, different ports you can look at. Islands you can go inside stuff, yeah. of the ship and you can look in your cabin, you can look at treasure maps that you have, you can check on the crew's status. And my favorite thing I saw about this is that when you go to a town, when you mm-hmm. go into port, um, it's like a – think of it like a sitcom. The, the the camera angle is on a city from the front, and then you're walking in and, uh, in front of buildings, and it's like a side shot of you, a profile shot of yeah. you. Yeah. And you're walking into the background to go into places and walking out to the foreground to come out of places. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked, and I guess I didn't realize this, is that Monkey Island plays, like, it, it is completely drawing off of this whole mechanic. Because the city streets, the, the street view that you have yeah. is almost exactly like a replica of a similar street view in Monkey Island, <laughs> except for it's a top-down angle. Oh. Um, and then it goes into that, that foreground kind of look when you go near certain buildings. And the, the way the characters walk, the graphics that they look, it's very similar to Monkey Island. So I feel like they drew like a huge amount of inspiration off of this oh, game. Oh, man, they might have. Uh, and yeah. with even with the sword fighting, because in the game you have sword fighting by insults. And it's the mm-hmm. side angle, you two people facing off with swords. But in Pirates, you know, you're mm-hmm. actually fighting someone with right. an actual sword. So I think it was kind of playing off of that well. And your main character is in a white, fluffy shirt with... Oh, the puffy shirt? Yeah, with puffy gray pirate pants. Shirt. Yeah, or with black pants. Like, it's uh-huh. the same exact look. So it's 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 a fun spoof off of that game, I think. It, you know, it might be. And I and I mean, it could just be they've they stolen that stuff from pirate kind of, you know, culture themes in general, you know, but uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it I, uh, uh, you know, it, it. Yeah. The the 1993 version, of course, came out a little, you know, maybe a little right. late. But uh, I mean, the original version of the game was out in 87, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I never got a chance to play the original version, you know, but uh, uh, but I, I had so much fun with this game, sailing around, trying to you know keep your crew happy. You know, I, I was the most like belligerent pirate ever. Oh, you could do whatever you want. You can you can raid a ship uh-huh. and you can either fight the ship, 
and fight. You can. Uh, I'm sorry. You can find a ship while you're sailing around. You can chase it down, mm-hmm. then get into a fight with it with cannons, or you can run into the ship and uh-huh. it says the two ships are smashed together on fire. And here comes the captain, and then yep. you fight them, or you can shoot the ship down with cannons, decide to raid it, or sink it after you're done. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you can either get the ship and mm-hmm. sell it, or yeah, let it go to the bottom of the sea. Yeah, I uh, I would always I would like make this armada of ships, and I would always have like a uh, uh, like a big galleon for yeah. storing everything, and so I'd have all my food and like supplies and stuff. And uh, technically, I think what you can even do, and I I might be I might be off on this. They might be a little bit more of a uh, you know like standard kind of conversion to the uh, the goods, but I feel like you can buy things from a port. You can and. Uh, but like buy them cheaply and then go to another port where they're like you can get a better deal for them and then just be a trader. Oh, I don't know. I I might be crazy about that. I feel like I've done that before, uh, but I might be mistaken. It's been so long since I've actually sat down to get a chance to play the game. But uh, but yeah, it, it, you can do so much stuff with this game. You buy food, cannons, sugar. Like there's all sorts of different resources you can mm-hmm. do. You get gold. You can buy treasure maps from a person in the bar. You can, oh, yeah. you can pay the city's uh, mayor or governor off. Like yeah, the governor. Like, they, they're like, oh, there's a life or a, or a, a, a warrant for, out for your arrest for your crimes against the 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 country or whatever, and you must pay this. You don't. Uh-huh. But you can say no. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then they just shut their gate, and you don't go back there for a while. And you can get promoted in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can marry the governor's daughters yeah, and stuff. There's it's crazy. a lot of crazy, unique, detailed things mm-hmm. of like actual life of a pirate, but like PG version. Right, um, PG. Oh yeah, I would say PG for the yeah. most part because I don't. There's not any of the R word stuff involved in that. Nope. Um, but so, did you know how piracy came about? By all means, chops. Let me just get my notes here. Okay. Thank you. Piracy arose out of. And mirrored on a smaller scale, the conflicts over trade and colonization among rival European powers of the time, including the empires of Britain, Spain, the Netherlands, Portugal, and France. Most of these pirates were of Welsh, English, Dutch, and French origin. Really? Yeah. I uh, I mean, it, basically, they were uh, privateers, uh, and you actually get yeah. to uh, do that in this game, right. where you can like go to England and be English or whatever, and just say, hey, I'm on your side, I'll attack everything that is not English. And that's a lot of what declined piracy, is that the countries... It, it started out with lack of work, lack of support, so the people did their own thing. But then the country started rallying their own navies and building up stronger navies mm-hmm. with stronger seaworthy men, and then used them, who were former pirates, to hunt other pirates and basically get rid of them all. So you became you were the hunter, and then you became the hunted as they rallied more people to work for them. So it was almost like government assistance helped these pirates become actual working members of society and hunt down the rest of the pirates and now, the piracy. Now that's a government program that I can't get behind. I am not behind that. Because piracy is the life for me. You know? A pirate, I would a argue, pirate, a pirate's life is could, a life for you me. You could say such a thing. <laughs> now, I'm going to go over some famous pirates here Bounce. and have a list of eight pirates. All right, let's hear them. The Barbosa Brothers. The Barbosa Brothers? The Barbosa Brothers, yes. Sailing from North Africa's Barbary Coast, the Barbosa, which means red beard in Italian, which I didn't know that. 
Uh, the Barbarossa brothers, Aruj and Hizir, became rich by capturing European vessels in the Mediterranean Sea. Though their most lucrative early victims included two papal galleys and a Sardinian warship, they began tar- targeting the Spanish around uh, the time Aruj lost an arm to them in battle. And then by 1516, the Ottoman Sultan had essentially put Aruj in charge of the entire Barbary coast, a position that Hazur, his brother, took over two years later following his brother's death. Oh, man. And then um, Hazur was otherwise known as Kereddin, I don't know what that means, then spent the rest of his days fighting various Christian enemies, including a Holy League fleet specifically formed by the Pope to destroy him. Wow! Kudos to the Barbosa brothers! Now, this next one may sound familiar. Sir Francis Drake. Yep. So, he was nicknamed My Pirate by Queen Elizabeth I and was among the so-called Sea Dog Privateers, licensed by the English government to attack Spanish shipping. And he sailed on his most famous voyage of 1577 to 1580, becoming the first English captain to circumnavigate the globe. On the same trip, he lost four of his five boats, executed a subordinate for allegedly allegedly plotting a mutiny... (laughs) Raided various Spanish ports and captured a Spanish vessel loaded with treasure. A delighted Queen Elizabeth immediately knighted him upon his return. Oh, and then man. eight years later, Drake helped defeat the Spanish Armada. Wow. Kudos to Sir Francis Drake. Yeah, he was a straight up pirate. He was a privateer, but he was a straight up pirate. Um, so there's a couple other ones that I want to go over. Blackbeard is one of them, which people pretty much are very familiar with. Oh, yeah. With. Blackbeard was uh, a, a pretty ruthless pirate. I, I've actually seen a lot of documentaries on him. It's it's pretty it's really interesting stuff. Um, I guess one of the most commonly known ones, known pirates, is Henry Morgan. That's a pretty familiar and name. And, you know, I think Captain Morgan is, is based off of, of the his name. likeness yeah, or the name or something. But here's another one that I thought was really funny was Captain Kidd. Captain Kidd is a, you know a real pirate. Oh, go, uh, go for it. Uh, he, in, uh, enlighten us. He was once a respected privateer. Captain William Kidd set sail in 1696 with the assignment of hunting down pirates in the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. But he soon turned a pirate himself, capturing vessels such as the uh, Quada Merchant and killing a subordinate in the in a wooden bucket. <laughs> Wait, with a bucket he, or no, in it, a bucket? With, with a wooden bucket. He killed a subordinate. He murked somebody with, with a, a bucket. With a bucket. Now yeah. that is not the best way to go out. No. When you when you reach the pearly <laughs> gates and they're like, "Hey, how'd you go out?" and you're like, "Ah, I got you know ran through with a with a cutlass." And you're saying it wrong. Oh, I got I got I got me run through with a cutlass. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> or I got run through with a cutlass. There you go. And then it's like you know, how'd you die? I I got beat with a bucket. <laughs> And then what happened? No, I just mean, I, I, they killed me with a bucket. With a bucket. Arg. Arr. Um, he, uh, a massive deflection left him with a skeleton crew for his journey home after he uh, defeated the Quedag merchant, or however you say it. Uh, and it included a stop at New York's Gardner's Island to bury treasure. Having run afoul of the powerful British East India Company, Kidd was arrested before making it back to England. He was then tried and executed and... Yeah. His decaying body was displayed from the banks of the River Thames as a warning to other pirates. Wow. That's root. Did they find his treasure? I don't know. I think. It was bur- buried in, uh, where was it? Um, uh, I have it right here. Special Legend Gardner's of Retro episode. Where, 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 We're going to Gardner's <laughs> Island in New York to look for treasure. Hunting. 
Last one I want to bring up is Madame Chang, who is, an, I think, another one that was referenced in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, mm-hmm. or Caribbean, however you want to say it. Um, in 1805, Madame Chang's husband, Chang Yi, formed what quickly became the largest pirate confederation in history. Upon his death, two le- mm-hmm. years later, Madame Chang took over the business and expanded it even further, commanding an estimated 1,800 ships and 70,000 men at the height of her powers. Go on. With the help of Chung Po Sai, the adopted son of her husband and also her lover. What? She demanded protection money from coastal communities, attacked ships in the South China Sea, and once even kidnapped seven British sailors. Madame Chang then took a part in 1810 when Chinese authorities began cracking down on piracy uh, Let's see. She, oh, I guess in her youth, she was a prostitute, and she lived out her golden years running a large opium smuggling operation. Now, I uh, and and I might be mistaken, you know, but I don't think I am. To the best of my knowledge, with Madame Chang, one of the most interesting things is that they basically were like, "Listen, we'll forgive you. Yeah. Just like 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 you gotta stop this. Yeah, let us be. <laughs> like like they, don't do it. The entire nation of China decided that." She was cool. She could do what she wanted. Like, just stop stop murdering people right now, and everything is forgiven. And she then got to live out the rest of her life not as a criminal. Yeah. That is amazing. I don't know how you can race that level these days, but that's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, that's great. That is awesome. Now, uh, do you have more to talk about on this game? Oh, I mean, absolutely. We've barely touched on it. Oh, well, actually, I mean, most of it's uh, history stuff, I guess. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I was uh, uh, just going to mention... Uh, the uh, uh, when it comes to the uh, the the game, you have you know so many uh, so many different things you can do. Yeah, and uh, and I do want to ask here, chops. When it comes to uh, maybe maybe not necessarily the game itself, but but sort of piracy in general. What do you th- what do you think is your you know strategy as a pirate? Do you do you uh, in in this game or as a real pirate? Uh, Wait, are you asking me to imagine myself as a real pilot, pirate in this scenario? Yes. All right. And so I, I want to ask: Are you the type that you think that you would be uh, assaulting other ships? Uh, do you are you the type to attack an entire city and siege the city? Are you the type to go hunting for buried treasure? Uh, uh, like what? Uh, are you more the type to be a privateer? What do you What do you think? So I would say me. I would personally be the type of one that provides safe passage or dealings in a port town. Mm-hmm. I would be a secret pirate politician. You'd be like the governor controlling a, the privateers? I'd be a corrupt politician <laughs> that's a pirate that would help pirates get to where they need to, mm-hmm. provide them with services, yet I get a cut of everything that they do. That's not a bad strategy. Because I wouldn't. I don't think I could go out there and kill people, and and I don't know if how long I'd be able to handle the seas because I get pretty uh, carsick easily. Um, so why not just hold up root? I'm a good talker. I'm good at you know bringing people together. I'll, I'll be a resource in a location where you can feel safe, do your dealings, but I get a cut of it. Oh, okay. No, that's that's a pretty solid strategy. What about you? Well, uh, I don't get seasick. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm not afraid to keelhaul a man. So, so would you do the city route? Would you be shipside or just, everything? Uh, <laughs> chops. 
Oh, so you would be the pirate of all pirates. <laughs> I'd be the king of the pirates. Uh, no, I, uh, I I think that, and even when I played the game, I didn't necessarily go through the buried treasure route very often. I always, like, when they were like, our 500 gold for, for this treasure map, I'd just be like, well, yeah, I, I can't trust you. You just you you might have just drawn drunk with crayons on a piece of parchment. I can't I can't take that chance. I can't take my men into a malaria like a, a jungle swimming with malaria on the off chance that you know somebody they, who buried some treasure. Would they even know what malaria is? Malaria was an issue back then. Absolutely. Yeah, would they even know what it is? They're pirates. They're not that educated. I mean, I don't know if they referred to it as malaria, but I the mean, fever. Yeah, the fever, whatever they call it. Anywho, uh, but yeah, I, I I can't take that chance trusting some random stranger's map that I have to pay for. I am not Long John Silver. <laughs> okay, right. treasure All maps right. aren't my thing. So right. attacking ships and uh, uh, stealing up ships and uh, occasionally attacking uh, cities. All I right. think that's uh, that's my uh, mo as a pirate. Um. Do we have anything else to cover on this game? Because I'm just going to keep going over pirate history. Well, I do have a little bit more about the game, of course. But okay. we want to get into a, you know some uh, uh, you know last minute stuff with the music, of course. Oh, but okay, I what a what kind yeah, of pirate I've history? Got, got a, so Port Royal. Speaking of me being a corrupt politician, <laughs> uh, Port Royal was yeah. one of the most famous places for pirates to be. Oh sure, sure. It provided a safe har- harbor for initially privateers. What country controlled Port, uh, Port Royal? Was it uh, Jamaica, I think, controlled Port Royal. Let me take a look at my notes here. Well, I mean, but like, I mean, at that time, all the, the uh, you know, powers from Europe well, were it was dominating like, the region. So, like, what country was in control of it? Do you know? Um, or it was, was it independent? I'm looking. Because um, I, 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 I'm I, pretty I, sure it was mostly an independent because what it did is it provided straights and path and lanes to Spain and Panama as well as from England like the safest ways of travel uh-huh. so I'm pretty sure it was is pretty I, th- I want to say it's Jamaican like controlled uh let's so see the independent uh, of the uh, the powers that be uh, yes so so uh since English lacked sufficient troops to prevent either the Spanish or French from seizing it the Jamaican governors usually turned to pirates to defend the city so yes wow it was Jamaican Jamaican society i guess but they had pirates that basically defended the city hey no good on jamaica they uh i mean hey you know what you had to you had to use uh uh the like one of the like the tyrants of the region but hey it kept uh you know uh, the other countries off your back right so so it was its proximity to trade routes allowed mm-hmm. them easy access to prey but the most important advantage was the port's proximity to several of the one safe passages or straits giving access to the spanish main from the atlantic mm-hmm. so the harbor was large enough to accommodate uh, their ships and provided a place to careen and repair vessels. Yeah. And it was also ideally suited for launching raids in Spanish settlements. Hmm. And then from Port Royal, uh, a famous pirate, Christopher Minks, sacked Capesh, and Henry Morgan attacked Panama. Oh. Um, the town, basically by the 1660s, the, the city, uh, for some, became a pirate utopia and had gained the reputation as the Sodom of the New World, <laughs> where wow. most residents were pirates, cutthroats, or prostitutes. And then uh, Charles Leslie wrote in his History of Jamaica, he included a description of, pir- of, of Port Royal. Uh-huh. Wine and women drained their wealth to such a degree that some of them became reduced to beggary. They have been known to spend two or three thousand pieces of eight in one night, 
and one gave a strumpet 500 to see her naked. They used to buy a pipe of wine, place it in the street, and oblige everyone that passed to drink. Wow. It was basically like take New Orleans and just fill it with pirates, is what I imagine it is. So is it... So basically, you're saying it's New Orleans. It's well, I mean, I'm, I'm not that saying New Orleans. That. New Orleans. I'm not saying that. No, I've heard New Orleans is a ton of fun, and yes. it, that honestly, I mean, does that not sound just like ridiculously fun? I mean, I don't. I mean, minus some things, but yes, it's all like, the it's, things. No, shops, no. amazingly fun. No. Um. <laughs> so there's a lot of weird history with like typical pirate things, like Blackbeard met a howler monkey while he was at Port Royal, who he named Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> formed a strong bond with. Um, I mean, uh, if you're gonna na- if you if you had to name a howler monkey, I mean, you know, Jefferson, sure, I get uh, it. Um, they they I guess ge- genealogical research indicates that Blackbeard and his family moved to Jamaica, where Edward Thatch Jr. is listed as is uh, is listed as being a mariner in the Royal Navy aboard the HMS Windsor in 1706. Oh, he didn't do Dad um, proud. Well, Port Royal benefited from this lively, glamorous infamy and grew to be one of the two largest towns and most economically important ports in the English colonies. Wow. At the height of its popularity, the city had one drinking house for every 10 residents. In July 1661 (laughs) alone, 40 new licenses were granted to taverns. During a 20-year period that ended in in 1692, nearly 6,500 people lived in Port Royal. So basically what I'm saying, Chops, is we don't need to go get that buried gold that was hidden by Captain Kidd. We just need a time machine. Yeah, go back to Port Royal and travel back. Because literally the town was so rich that the preferred form of money was gold over bartering. (laughs) Oh, man, that's great. But then bad things happened to Port Royal. Oh, yeah? In 1692, an earthquake happened. The population was around 6,500 people. And two, about 2,000 dwellings in 1692. And uh, it was built on an island. It's, it's, it's pretty much sure. an island. Yeah. Um, and it became common pl- practice to either fill in areas of water and build new infrastructure on top of it uh-huh. or simply build buildings taller. <laughs> so buildings be- gradually became heavier as residents adopted the brick style homes of Uh-oh. English England style. I don't like and where then, this is going. Uh, some urged the population to adopt low wooden building style of the previous Spanish inhabitants, but many refused. And in the end, all these separate factors contributed to the impending disaster. On June seventh, sixteen ninety two, a devastating earthquake mm-hmm. hit the city, causing most of its northern section to be lost. What? And with it, many of the town's houses and other buildings, many forts were destroyed. Uh, uh, Fort Charles survived, but Fort James and Carl Isle sank into the sea. Fort Rupert became a large region of water, and great damage was done to an area known as Morgan's Line. Um, although the earthquake did hit the entire island of Jamaica, the citizens of Port Royal were at a greater risk of death due to the perilous sand, falling buildings, and the tsunami that followed. Oh, good lord. Though the local authorities tried to remove or sink all the corpses from the water, they were unsuccessful, and some simply got away from them while others were trapped in places that were inaccessible. Improper housing a lack of medicine or clean water, and the fact that most of the survivors were homeless led to many people dying of malignant fevers. The earthquake and tsunami killed between 1,000 and 3,000 people, nearly half the city's population. Then disease ran rampant in the next several months, claiming an estimated 2,000 additional lives. 
so like I was saying, Chops, <laughs> present day is prior, the time for us. Prior, yeah. Uh, or just prior to 1692. Yeah, okay. um, the funny thing is, though, and I saw this is here, that they not only have the date of when this happened, they have the time of which this happened. Really? Because they recovered a pocket watch oh. that had stopped at the time of the earthquake what was on the, the seafloor. Want to guess? Uh, I, I'm going to guess it was like at the height of party time. How about uh, like uh, 11.30 p.m.? Oh, you were so close. It's 11.43 a.m. Oh. You had it at the wrong time. Party time right before lunch, man. <laughs> Oh, gotta right. Get, gotta get Back that lunch then, beverage yes. in. During a Port Royal time, yes. <laughs> right. Okay, so 11.43 <laughs> in the morning was party time. Yeah, right? So, oh, man. I definitely want to uh, chat about the uh, the music for this game, Yes, though. yes. We should probably get into actually uh, you know, main topics about this game <laughs> that I love people pirates. probably came to listen to. Um, but pirates. But if you want to know more about pirates, Google them. <laughs> If you'd like to learn you, more about piracy, check out your local library. If you, or watch Pirates of Penzance. Did you get a chance to look at that video? Uh-uh, no. It's a musical. It's a pirate musical, and no. it's a romantic comedy that has Kevin Klein and Angela Lansbury in it. What? Yes. Why? <laughs> it's awesome. Fair enough. You can rent it on YouTube for like two bucks. That's, that's not bad. Oh, man. All right. So the music in this game was uh, composed by Jeffrey Briggs and Roland Rizzo. They both worked on the Civilization series. Yep. Go figure. Uh, however, uh, there's a couple of things that are uh, kind of interesting. So Jeffrey Briggs also worked on like a whole bunch of Civilization games. Also Railroad Tycoon. That's fair. And uh, Ro- uh, Roland Rizzo, however, uh, worked on another game that I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of, but uh, came out years later. Uh, he did the music. For Robotech Battlecry. Really? Yeah, right? He did the music for Robotech Battlecry. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a, a few songs here that we, we definitely want you guys to uh, uh, you know give a listen to. Uh, when it uh, comes to the, uh, uh, the music in this game, it's, well, it's, you know what? It's exactly the way you think it's going to be. It's seaworthy. It's piratey. It's everything you want. Hornpipe Fever. Play it, Chops. I kind of want to just leave this on while we're talking. <laughs> right. It's so it's good. It's so great. I love it so much. I I just, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's just so good. I, I, yeah, it's, I, it, it's just so much fun. Uh, some of the music in this game is a little bit more subdued, you know, some, yes, you know, like while you're sailing and while yeah, you're like in the menus and stuff. One of the complaints I have is that the music while you're sailing is, it's is not a, as fun. 
It's not. It's a little bit more uh, subdued, a little more bland, and it, which is really a shame because a lot of the gameplay is you're going to be out at the open sea, you yeah. know. So I feel like they really should have jazzed up that uh, music, splashed this in some more hornpipe. I would have loved this as the whole thing for sailing. Yeah, I could live with that. Yeah. Uh, that was the intro uh, to the the game and like the title screen. Now uh, there is another song that we want to play, uh, which is another song that you can totally probably already guess what it is. Like even if you can't, like even if right now you're thinking like I, I would never know what this is. You know it. You know it. Once we start playing it, you'll know it. This is the song for dividing plunder. Arr. <laughs> You know, when you when your men need their pay, uh, that's the song that plays. What would you do with a drunken sailor? Be his best friend. That's right, you would. <laughs> that's the correct answer. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I... Uh, <laughs> My two favorite pirate songs. Oh, they're great. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I do want to... Uh, uh, like, I feel like I, I've done really well this episode. Okay. Not talking about... A certain subject that I really like to bring up. Oh, what's that? And I, so I just want to just gently touch on it. Oh, just a just a, a little smattering of uh, uh, information. Okay, and that's that. My favorite comic series, my favorite manga. Oh, is One, One Piece. Piece. Yeah, which is all about pirates. Yep. And it's interesting because uh, if you know pirate history, you'll catch a lot of names and references. Like one of the first enemies they fight in the manga, the comic, is a guy by with the last name of. Morgans. Mm, okay. So there's a lot of different references to real uh, like pirates and stuff. They're, they eventually go to an island, which is like a crazy pirate party town, which is very, very heavily referenced of, from uh, Port Royal. Oh, okay. It's uh, the, the city of Jaya, uh, or no, the island of Jaya. Uh, Mock Town is what they call it in uh, uh, the city in One Piece. But uh, yeah, there's a, it's a really fun series. The, uh, the, the anime series of it is is. I mean, it's just gone on for like a million billion episodes, and there's no way you'll ever catch up. But if you ever get a chance and you're interested in a pirate-themed comic, check out One Piece. Is it still going? Oh, yeah. The comic is still absolutely going. But the mo- the anime's not. Oh, the anime's still it going. Is? Oh, absolutely. It is uh, their number one uh, hit in Japan. It is, is it longest run- the longest-running series? Not the no? longest-running series. That That's held by uh, a, a couple other series that are like, you know, one of them's even still going. But uh, uh, One Piece is the number three best-selling comic behind Superman as number one and Batman as number two. Holy cow, I didn't know that. Yep. It is amazingly huge. They've sold so many copies the world over. Uh, it's uh, it's popular for a reason. It's great. It's so much fun. I uh, definitely uh, wow. I couldn't recommend it enough. There you go. There's the Legend of Retro guarantee. I have one last thing I want to bring up about yeah. pirates. Is it, and this is a book that I've purchased many moons ago. It is called The Pirate Primer, Mastering the Language of Swashbucklers and Rogues. This book teaches you how to speak pirate. 
in form, in speech patterns, in what language you use to speak certain things. So, for example, there are parts on how to say it, what to say, and they even have things broken down to literally the syllables, consonants, and vowels. Um, They have, like, phrases, word order, um, double negatives are covered in here, and then they have things like oaths, curses, Insults, epithets, respectful address, retorts, questions and replies, toasts, and declamations and contractions. They have so much in here that is so much fun to read. I'll give you the Spanish torture. That's a threat. Um, (laughs) The phrase Spanish torture can be used for any number of 17th and 18th century torture methods and devices closely associated with or distinctive to the Spanish, in particular the rack whereupon a victim's back and limbs were slowly stretched to breaking. Oh. Yeah. I'll fly your bloody head as my banner. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some great, great things in here. Hmm. Um, it's, it's a really interesting book. I was kind of playing around with it a, a little bit, glancing through it, and uh, uh, it's, you would think a book like this is, you know, fairly thin, right? It is so many pages. It is 469 pages. Yeah, it's pretty lengthy. It is insane. It is it's I really like the artwork, the style of the book. It's really old like they did a good job making it look old and and timely. Um so yes, it's a George Choundus or Choundus, however you say his name, wrote it. You should pick it up, read it. It's a lot of fun. So there's a lot of homework on the table. You're going to have to read the entire Pirate Primer. You need to be proficient in speaking pirate. And then you're going to have to read through the entire comic series of One Piece. And then you're going to tell us everything we missed about Pirate's Gold, <laughs> everything we got wrong about the history, uh, and what we didn't cover in the history section as well. <laughs> oh, man. I I, I mean, the I think the, the, the thing about this game, and a lot of other simulation games like this, is that it really is a game that's it's really hard to sell. It's a simulation oh, yeah. game. It, yeah, it's it's not fast-paced. No. It takes its time. You're really building your mm-hmm. life as a pirate, just like yeah. with a lot of Sid Meier's games afterwards. It's building things. It's yeah. developing things. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely a game where you develop the life of your pirate. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 hard for, for us to say, hey, yeah, no, go out and, and play this. I mean, it, it's kind of a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these simulation games. It and, it's, and it's hard to make them sound cool because it's like, yeah, you go around and you barter goods. Oh, and, and I forgot, there is a, a storyline to it. Kind of. You are on a, you have to become or complete the pirate quests. Arr. The ten pirate quests, Arr. and one of them is the cap. The first one was to capture a captain pirate. Oh yeah, there's different like uh, so like uh, there's different like goals, goals and, and things stuff, that you yeah. have to meet. So there's a little bit of direction in there as little. far as as how to become a legendary pirate, which is the goal of the game. Mm-hmm. But they don't tell you what those are until you discover them yourself. Yeah, and yeah, it takes a lot of time. Oh yeah, a yeah. Lot of it's time. uh, it's it's absolutely worth checking out. I I spent a ton of time on this game as a kid. Rented it, you know, a, you know, a whole bunch. So I I definitely hope that if you do get it and you do play it out, you know, play it, uh, that you enjoy it. You yes, know? but. But it is a simulation game. Give so it, give it, it some time. Yeah, yes. give it, give it some time. Now, uh, chops. I think it might be uh, just about time to chat about our retro relapse for this week. 
Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. All right. Yes. Our Retro Relapse for this week is Renegade on the NES, released in 1986 by Taito. Ah, yeah, Taito. Um, it is a westernized conversion of the Japanese arcade game uh, Neketsu Koinokun. That is uh, uh, River City Ransom. Uh, the Kunio-kun uh, series is uh, uh, was made popular in America uh, with River City Ransom, mm-hmm. but it's actually a really, really expansive uh, series of games that mm-hmm. are beat-em-ups, but they have a, a really heavy, well, maybe not heavy, but they have an RPG flair to them. Like, uh, you, you can get, like, buy secret techniques, you, you boost up your stats. Uh, this game is not... River City Ransom. No, it's it's very Double Dragon esque. Yes. You attack, uh, and, and I didn't know this until you explained it to me while I was playing. Uh, the direction that you're facing and the button that you press correlate. Yeah, yeah. So if you are facing to the left and you press B, you're punching forward. And yep. if you hit A, you kick behind you. Yes. But if you turn the other way, then A is punch in front of you and B is kick behind you. And it it's a like it, it's fine once you get the hang of that. Yeah, you know? it was confusing as all heck to me yeah. right away. But yeah, until you explain that, then it made a lot more sense. And you can't turn your character. They turn when there's an enemy on that side, and you go to face that, like go that way. A little it, clunky. It, it's weird. Yeah, a little clunky. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Renegade is basically just you. You you know go through subways and you fight people. Uh, they even in like the on the box are like uh, uh, talk about how it's like you know it's like two a.m. What are you doing in the subway? Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's two a.m. and there shouldn't be out in the subway or something something something. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's, it's really funny that they have that on the front of the game. Of the game. Yeah, the uh, but it's it's interesting because uh, back in uh, uh, the day. You had a lot of uh, how do I put it? Sort of like Jap- in Japan, it was it became like a popular trope to have like street like, fighting games. Yeah, street fight. Well, street fighting like thugs, like yes. like thugs that beat you know like. Uh, but they were always like high schoolers, you know, and and that was and yeah, that was like the the sort of the like this motif, this genre that started, and uh, and it still goes even to like the, today. I think I'm sure there are uh, some like that. And Probably. I've read a few. Uh, some are pretty good. Oh, okay. I read a comic called Worst. It's about this a kid who wants to be the strongest in his high school, and he's just perpetually just fighting everybody around him. Oh my God. It's almost like a more uh, a realistic. Uh, Dragon Ball. Dragon? Really? Or Yu Yu Hakusho? Well, well, just take Dragon Ball, how yeah. it's Goku wanting to fight everyone and become the strongest. Oh, okay. Get rid of all saying. the magic and superpowers and you know fancy stuff, and uh, it's just some high school kid who wants to beat everybody Does up. he become strongest? He does eventually. Uh, oh, okay. and, uh, spoiler alert, he uh, he eventually fights like the guy who's like strongest in the school and wins, and he becomes like the toughest dude in school. <laughs> okay. It's honestly know, really charming. I, I don't know what, they, what, what the goal is. So a lot of... Things like this is ri- are written based on like a trend or how the culture is doing or mm-hmm. seeing themselves. So they, at this time, do they just see high school kids as thugs that want to become stronger? Like I'm really curious as to what the motivation or 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 need of this came out from. Supposedly back then, and, and I don't know this certainly not firsthand, yeah. but uh, but from you know like reading comics and like uh, uh, just glancing at stuff online, apparently back in like the like late 70s, early 80s, 
there was a bit of an issue with like you know uh, high school kids joining like gangs and stuff, and uh, and it was a bit of a problem. And so I I think that it's just sort of was born of that. Like uh, like you mentioned Yu Yu Hakusho, Mm -hmm. it's sort of the same shtick. Like uh, Yusuke Urameshi in that series is basically just a high school thug. Yes, he goes around and fights people. That's that's his sort of his beginning. And then gets hit by a car. Yeah, but, uh, but that's, yeah, that's, yeah a whole, that's a whole other story. But uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, that like genre was really big, and I think that sort of like kind of bled into video games and why there was so many beat 'em ups back then. Interesting, you know. If, if I had to wager a guess on that, you know, because you don't have as many beat 'em ups these days. Not you. You have more platformers than anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess you know we played the game for a bit. There was two player mode, but we didn't do that. Didn't get to that. Um, yeah. I'm sure there was other stuff that we didn't get to because we got beat really easy it was a tough game it's a tough game yeah, yeah it's not easy um I, I, oh do you have something else I, I was gonna say I, I i'm glad that we eventually found out how to grab people because it felt random at first yes but like enemies like kind of hunch over after you hit them a few times like almost like they're clutching their stomach and if you just press forward once at them you grab them and then you can you know throw you them throw beat them or, or whatever yeah. yeah so uh i i feel like after we got a, a better hang of the controls maybe we would have been a little bit more apt to like keep playing and enjoying the it's game. It's just I don't that know. The, that boss just wrecked us. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that first boss really, really. Oh, uh, you went to town on us. It yeah. wasn't fun. So I guess on the eight bit scale, what are you going to give this game? Like a four out of eight, maybe even a three out of eight. Honestly, it, it's the graphics aren't especially great. And don't be wrong, I don't think the graphics have to be good, but it's just it felt really like I don't know, rushed. It, it, there wasn't like because at least in something like River City Ransom, the yeah the art isn't especially great. The graphics aren't amazing, but like there's a certain charm to like this the 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 you know the graphics there. But in this game, it doesn't really have that. It it, it the game seems like it wants to be River City Ransom and it wants to be Double Dragon, and it's not either. No, and it is not. so it's. Uh, yeah, it, gets, it gives. I give it a three as well because all I kept thinking about was I'd rather play Dunge- uh, Double Dragon. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, man, I could I totally stand to play River City Ransom yeah, right now. Right, love that game, and this game is not River City Ransom. No. It ain't Double Dragon either. No, and 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 that's and that's okay. It doesn't no, have yeah. to be. It's nope. a decent game, mm-hmm. but it's yeah of that genre. Uh, and that era when these games came out because there was a lot of them. This yeah. is a on the low end. Absolutely. So uh, you guys let us know what you think about this in our Discord and on our Facebook page, Legend of Retro, that we want to hear more about it from you. Um, But we do have a couple other things to go over right now. We have the next combatants. Yeah. Street thugs. Uh, NES Music Bracket is here. Absolutely. And this is going to be the final uh, Battle in round this first one. round. Yes, yeah, it is. So they will kick off round two, or we will kick off round two next episode. So the the final contenders that we have right now, we have from RC Pro Am. RC Pro Am, uh, game by Rare. Uh, which, uh, if you know anything about Rare, you know that they had a pretty legendary composer on their side. That's right, the amazing David Weiss. Yeah. Why was he, he legendary? Well, he, he 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 did Donkey Kong Country. Oh, of oh, that game, that, that just that game, just game. one of the the best soundtracks you know in video game history. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he, that's a that's a bold statement. All right, okay, maybe that's a little that's stretching it. One but of David the Weiss, better soundtracks of the Super Nintendo of the Donkey Kong, yeah, of that genre. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Well, I'll I'll love, I'll bring it down to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop over exaggerating. But even when I stop over exaggerating, that's still a really really bold statement that he has one of the better soundtracks on the Super Nintendo, which I had a 
do that, yeah. A lot of great soundtracks. Yeah. Let's go ahead and listen to the title theme from RC Pro-Am. It's great. It's a short, short little ditty. Yep, it's pretty, pretty small. But, but you know what? It's, a, it's not that boring. No, not at all. It's a, it's a, a really fun track. Yeah. No pun intended. Oh, Sorry. Okay. I hate you. Now, I uh, the uh, uh, the the game it's going against is another big contender. This is a though. tough one. Yeah, this is this is, uh, and you know what? I feel like we say this every single time. It's only, we have we're one only going to say that now every episode <laughs> from here on out, <laughs> except for me when it's all my choices. You're going to have to stop being so biased, Chops, because it's... Just think of how many people hate you and don't want you to win. Well, here's the thing, is that if they all end up being my choices, then they have no choice. It all will win. There's there's still hope out there, Chops. <laughs> we'll see you what happens. You could be defeated. We'll anyway, so you have... Uh, not uh, me, personally. This is not... Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest... Not the best Castlevania game. I think we can all be in agreement. No, I there. think we could agree with that. Yeah, yeah, not the best. It's 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 one of the. It's kind of a gray area for a lot of people. But you know what? It's the renegade of the Castlevania series. On the end, <laughs> on the NES, it absolutely is. Uh, but you know what? Isn't crummy about this game? It's music. The music, absolutely composed by three people: Kenichi Matsubara, Satoe Terashima, and Koji Murata. You have. I mean, this is probably one of the the uh, just like one of the most classic Castlevania songs, and it started in this game. This is the 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 daytime music, "Bloody Tears." I love it. It's it's is it Beethovenian kind of with the like it's uh-huh. really organistic sounding like oh it's just it's it's so cool. I have this, or Baroque maybe is what I'm thinking. I of. I, I could see Baroque. I uh, I have this soundtrack on vinyl. Ooh, Mondo Records uh, released it. Uh, they've they've had a deal with Konami in the past. I uh, and uh, I I mean the the game. Yeah, take it or leave it. But the music in this game is so good. Uh, so th- this is going to be a, 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 
I feel like if the title track for RC Pro Am was longer, I feel like it would it would maybe even inch out Bloody Tears. Yeah. But uh it's a it's a short it's short and sweet. But Bloody Tears has a lot more depth to it, so it we'll we'll see how it goes. It's and and the one thing that I I love about this bracket is that there's such a wide range of music on the NES on the style of games and what they're using to make the music and on the depth of the pieces that it it's it's crazy that we're having a competition where to me just the title screen of a racing game Mm -hmm. is able to have such good music compared to a level of a platformer of a series that is well known throughout throughout its throughout history it's really really uh amazing that you like i I mean like like look at like uh uh renegade that we played earlier music was kind of oh well actually no it was uh uh, actually they did pretty good in that one because it was the the sort of the johnny b good kind of oh yeah yeah uh, yeah that was okay the the title i don't know if there was a title music at all oh i don't remember but like but just imagine like you know some of the most you know subpar nintendo games yeah the music is moon shut up (laughs) you shut your disgusting mouth chops (laughs) But you just think about uh, uh, so many different themes that are like, you know, like they just like they're not even like a harmony. Like it's just, like just this, noise. Yeah, it's just noise. And it's and it just doesn't feel right. But like but then you like listen to Castlevania, RC Pro-Am, all these Final other games. Fantasy. Final, so many Nintendo games. These people know or knew what they were doing. Well, they, they the with the limitations of what they had with the graphics, they also told story in the music. Mm-hmm. So they, they took the pieces that they were able to inject themselves into but inject the the the, the sense and soul of the game yeah. and the music along with the sprites were kind of the main pieces of being able to, to tell the story of the yeah. game the gameplay is one thing yes but you you're kind of limited on all the games to two buttons and a directional pad yeah. so the variety of what you're going to do there is is that's not much available but mm-hmm. Taking what you can do with the music, what you can do with the visuals, and then finding a nice medium between the two, when you could do that, it, it creates a magical gaming experience, yeah. which I think we all have on this system. Um, it's just fun to see that when a lot of the times we reminisce about these games, the music's the first thing that pops in your head. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I uh, I, I remember uh, like being younger. And telling people like, oh, I really like video game music. I'm really into video yeah. game music. And it was like, it was sort of you were like almost ridiculed for it. Yeah, it's like, oh, you. It's almost as like, oh, I really enjoy cell phone ringtones. Like, yeah, of it's the, like what of, of the early 2000s, yeah. huh? When they're all MIDI tones, and you're like, uh, yeah, sure, man. I guess they're like, you know, the three beeps is cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it sure is noise. Yeah, you know, but like, you know, there's a lot of depth that goes into, uh, you know, all this music, and it's and it's really awesome that you know, even even as like, you know, like I'm I'm looking at some of these like, you know, like uh, matchups, and I think like, oh, how did this not win? Or like, like, oh, I'm you know, absolutely glad my you know this uh, this choice won or whatever. But like, you know, it's it's just interesting and, and fun that you know, e- even though it's not always necessarily going the way we want it. Like or like you know personally for right. each of us you know with each of these contests it's still really really fun and interesting that we have so many people that can reach out and be like yeah no this means a lot to me too like yeah right. this song is great this is why I'm voting on it you know and and it's so much fun you know so uh, definitely like Chop said let us know in the Discord reach out to us on Facebook we're you know happy to hear from you and uh, and let us know uh, you know what you think about all this you know video game music and 
Pirate's Gold and <laughs> Renegade and, you know, all, all this stuff. Definitely uh, let us know. And uh, if you like what you listen to today, we have a lot of great shows in the GameZilla Media Network. We have the GameZilla Alpha Show, which is live on Mondays at 7 p.m. on twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media. But the podcast releases on Tuesdays. You have Noobs and Dragons, which stars uh, Craig WK as the wonderful DM. Indeed. Myself, and then Grim and Jazzy from the GameZilla podcast as well. Yep. And then you have the GameZilla Alpha Show, which comes out on Saturdays. Or, uh, on Sundays, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get early access to that, though, if you go to patreon.com slash Media and become a patron. And we have a new show out on Mondays called The Last Action Podcast. Yeah, that's uh, gonna uh, that's uh, coming out now. Uh, make sure to check that out. It's uh, it's our LPJ who's been a guest of the show yep. before. Uh, so if you've enjoyed his episodes, and you know even if he hasn't, give him another chance. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, give him another yeah, chance. And Sphinx, his co-host, yes. and they talk about action movies. Yeah, that's uh, we'll a lot probably of fun. be on a, a couple episodes here and there. I think if they um, don't bring me on, I'm gonna be really, really hurt and offended. I mean, they'll yeah, they'll have you. They'll have you. Oh, good. Uh, and if you are enjoying this type of series of video games that are retro, you'll also enjoy Craig WK's long plays on YouTube, where you can see him do wonderful voices to many different games that he's played, as well as just playing through the whole game and seeing what it's all about. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Go to uh, GameZilla Media on YouTube. Uh, our channel there has all of my long plays. Uh, they're uh, uh Broken up into, they've been broken up into hour segments, but we're kind of shifting into like a half hour segment. Uh, you know, so instead of like you know releasing only a few episodes a week, it's like every you know Monday through Friday. Uh, and uh, yeah, drop a comment. Let me know uh, what you're thinking. Make sure you're subscribed, and uh, yeah, make sure to uh, like all my videos. Yeah, every single one. Give them support. Just, just click on all through them. Yep. You know, every last one. I need to know you like me. Yeah, he needs that. He needs the admiration. I need that reaffirmation of my existence. Yep. I because he's not a pirate. If he was a pirate, he wouldn't need it. Art is true. <laughs> Tis hurt my bleeding heart. Art is true. Likes on my YouTube page are my way of compensating. Yar, take a look on me Twitter. It, is that, Twitter. Get it? Twitter. Is that how you say that? I don't know. Pirate? I don't know. I'm my throat's hurting from this. Do um, you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yes. Uh, if Chops says that he dislikes the moon one more time, I'm going to keelhaul him. Oh, well, I guess I'll save that comment. For a rainy day. <laughs> this has been The Legend of Retro. We'll see you all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.